Let's pray for our word today. Father, we thank you, God. Father, thank you for that word we just received, God, to keep us in the right direction, God, and to continually seek you, Lord God. And even right now, God, we continue to pray for the rest of this service and this word that's about to come forth, God. Father, thank you that you put this word on my heart, God. I was going in a whole other direction, God, but uh, I, I know, God, that by your heart, you put this on my heart, Lord God, to speak today, Lord God. So, Father, I thank you that you open ears, God, and hearts, God, and minds and souls, God, to receive your word. And, Lord, I pray today that by your word that you would transform us, God, by your presence that you would open our eyes to see, Lord God. And, Father, we always pray, and I want to sound cliche about it, God, but make us different right now, God, than when we first walked in, God. Let this word take a, its place in our heart and our soul, God, and, and change us, Lord God. Change us, Lord God. Mature us, grow us, God, to be able to seek you, know you more, Lord God. Live according to your word more than ever before, Lord Jesus. But, Father, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you that this word is alive, God. It's not a dead letter, God. It's alive, God, and it's alive in our hearts and souls, God. And we ask, God, that we be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word, God. Even when we leave here today, God, let us do this word, Lord God. Let us live this word, but we can only do it with your strength and power and grace, Lord God. So, Holy Spirit, fill us today to receive what you have for us today, Lord God. Open our eyes and hearts, God. And, Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for changing us and growing us, God, and being patient with us, Lord God, and having a mighty plan for our lives, Lord God. Father, we love you, and we ask you that you would receive all the glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Reggie for asking me to, to speak the word today. It's always such an honor to, to be here and, and to speak God's word. What are the things that matter? Hey, we have a lot of issues in our life, don't we? We go through a lot of stuff in our lives, don't we? We go through a lot of Sometimes we're down, we're up, we're this, we're that. And, and life's events just, are, are, just go so forward and, and change everything. But but what's really important, and I think what's really important is the two things God spoke to us about was, one, loving God, two, the first two greatest commandments, right? Loving God, loving him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and how that works out in how we live. See, it's not just a love in our, in our mind where, okay, I love you, God, I'm going to go live like the devil. No, Lord, I love you, so how does that work out in our life? How does it change us? What do we do now? How do we show our love for God how do, we, how do we walk in this life now knowing that we love God and letting people see that and letting people understand that we're Christians? So there's got to be that evidence that we love God, amen? And the second most important thing is loving each other as, God, as Christ loved us. And sometimes that's a little more difficult than loving God. But see, that's the whole thing is how, how do we walk that out now? If, we, if we're supposed to love one another, and Jesus said, you'll know that they're my disciples by their love one for another. If that's true, okay, how do we walk it out? How do we change? What do people see? What do we do to let people know that, that we love people? Now, listen, I know there's some people that are easy to love and some people are hard to love. I'm talking about right now matters of the heart. That in our heart, Lord God, yes, I, I may have an issue with that person. But God, help me to love them, God. Help me to do what I can do, to pray for them, whatever it may be, Lord God. But how do we walk it out? See, that's the whole thing. And that's what church is about. We come to church, we hear wonderful words, we praise and worship. Okay, are we different when we walk out the door? See, that's what matters. I've known people that sat in church 25, 30 years, and there was one, not one thing different about them. They were the same the first day they walked in as the last day they walked out. What's different about you from being in church, from hearing God's word, from possessing Christ, from allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us? What's different about you? Is there that hunger and thirst for the things of God? 
Is there that sacrificial living for others and wanting to know God more than anything else? What is different about us? When we read the stories in the Bible, there are so many great heroes of the Bible. We read about Moses and the great Red Sea. We read about Joshua and Jericho. We read about all these stories, all these great stories, these big things, what Peter did, what David did with Goliath, and what Paul did. And, and, but, and that's wonderful, that's good, but there were so many other disciples who aren't known, but they did tremendous things. It's seemingly like in such little things, but it had eternal consequences. And that's what, that's what I think makes up most of the church. Not those big things where we see the sky open and the earthquake. It's those little things that we do that seem to be so insignificant that have such eternal consequences. And those things happen every day. Those things happen every day to you and I. Those little things that, that happen that God puts before, those small moments that God puts before us, those defining moments when maybe we're asked to, to do something, or maybe we're asked to, to put our life on the line for a situation or for somebody or some situation. I said in John 13, 35, the word of God says, Jesus said, you'll, you'll know that you're my disciples if you love one for another. We're going to talk about how to work that out. In John chapter 15, 13, he speaks about that greater love that we lay down our lives for somebody. When's the last time you laid down your life for somebody? I mean, really gave of yourself. And I'm not just talking family. It's easy to do that for family. I think we all do that. Even a heathen does that. For maybe people that maybe you don't know or not part of family, how well do we lay down our lives? How well do we live a sacrificial life? How well are we there for them as well in our family? And I'm speaking to me as well, not just you guys. But unfortunately, in Matthew 24, verse 12, the Word of God says there'll be a time when lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Boy, do we see that today. Absolute lawlessness. Absolute lawlessness in a time where the love of many is growing cold. And not just the love for God, we see that. The love for God is growing cold. But love for one another is growing cold. Everybody's pretty much out for themselves. Everybody's so concerned about their own house, their own way, their own thing. When's the last time we really gave to somebody or some situation and really had a heart to say, Lord God, it's not about me. It's about that person. It's about that person, Lord God. It's about this person, Lord God. See, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 says, we're not to live only in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. Okay? And there's a time, listen to me, and I say this respectfully for me too, there's a time to stop talking about what we should do and just do it. We spend a whole lot of time talking about what we should do with that, and we don't do. It's a time to do. More than ever, it's a time to do, even as Pastor Roger was speaking about uh, in, the, in these days. Once you turn into Bibles, we're going to speak about a little small story that has such eternal consequences of loving one another and being there for one another. Okay, in Acts chapter 9, let's go there. I shared part of this word with, uh, in a men's meeting some time ago, and God had me kind of adapted to what we're speaking about today. And he just really put it in my heart to share it with, with us today, share it with you here today. In Acts chapter 9, we'll have it up on the screen too, uh, we're going to read from verse 19 to 25 in uh, tradition that Pastor Reggie has started. Let's stand for the reading of God's word, if you could do that. In Acts chapter 9, right in verse 19, I'll read from the New King James today. In Acts chapter 9, uh, chapter 9 excuse me, verse 19 to 25, the word of God says this. Speaking about Paul now, this is when he was Saul before he changed his name. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. And then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. 
And immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not the one who, who's, uh, who was called on to destroy his name in Jerusalem? And has he come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? In other words, nobody trusted Saul. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Verse 23, now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. And then the disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall in a large basket. Amen and amen. You can be seated. What a small story. Paul just recently got saved. He's preaching the word of God. He's got this exuberance. He's preaching about Christ. And the Jews start to hate him. What is this guy doing? Nobody trusted him. They said, this is the guy who came. He's still going to kill us. He came here to kill us. And now he's telling us that he's a different guy. Uh-uh. Nobody trusted him. Nobody believed that he was different. Nobody believed that, that God changed his heart. And so the Jews started to plot against him to try and kill him because they didn't like him. But imagine this. One night he was with some guys, and, and maybe they were on, in, the, in this room in, in the wall there, and, and, and they watched the, the, the guards looking for Paul. The, the guards were going back and forth looking for Paul. And imagine one night, here he is with maybe a few of the disciples who are in this room, and they got to get Paul out of the city. they got to get Paul out of Damascus. How, how are we going to get him out? What, what, what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, as they're thinking about how to get him out of town, how to get him through this, the Word of God says, as we read, somehow in this room there was a big basket. Now, it had to be a pretty big basket. Uh, if you do a little research, it was called a fish basket. They used to put fish in there, so it probably stunk. There's probably some dead fish maybe in the bottom of it. So here goes one of the guys. He goes to Paul, says, Paul, I got an idea. What is it? We've got to get you out of town. Great. What is it? Get in the basket, Paul. What do you mean? No, Paul, get in the basket. I don't want, Paul, get in the basket. Yeah, but there's dead fish. Paul, get in the basket. Get in the basket. And isn't it amazing? When God is about to do something miraculous, he always provides everything that we need. What a coincidence that there was a huge basket there that could fit the size of a man. Oh, my Lord, what a coincidence. There's no coincidence. Every time God's about to move and do something wonderful, Especially if we need a way of escape, he'll always provide what we need, praise God. You just got to look around and open your eyes and see God's hand and God's provision. Sometimes we don't. You don't think God's providing something for you right now? In your crisis, in your nighttime, in your darkness? You don't think God is providing something for you right now? Yes, he is. But sometimes we look at the old woe is me stuff and God, how did I get in this mess? And we don't see what God is doing. Or we take for granted what God is doing. And we don't see the little things. We're waiting for the skies to open. And all the while, God is telling you, get in a basket. Get in a basket. Yeah, but God, that's a, how's that? Get in the basket. Yeah, but I'm waiting for the sky to open up. Will you get in the basket and watch what I do? In other words, God is saying, just do what I tell you to do. I'm working on a plan. I'm working on a way out for you. I'm working on a, a, a way of escape for you. I'm working to get you where I want you to be because I got plans for you. I've not forgotten about you. 
Just do what I tell you to do and trust me. And stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to control people, places, and things. And get in the stinking basket, will you please? And trust me. Do you believe that God provides? Do you really believe that God is our provider, that he's a good father, and that he loves you? If you really believe that, why are you worried? Why are you so fearful, Jesus has so many times? Why do we allow worry and anxiety and depression sometimes to, to take over the day? Lord, I believe you, God. I don't know how you're going to do it, God. But if you tell me you're getting a fish basket, God, that means you got something going on, God, and I'm going to trust you. Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be anxious, God. I'm going to trust that you provide when I need it, when it's going to be there, Lord God. I'm going to trust that you're going to do that, Lord God. Just like God provided that ram in a thicket when Abraham was about to kill Isaac, God provided that ram right over there so Isaac wouldn't have to be killed. When Jonah was sort of overboard, God provided that whale, that fish. That was like a Holy Ghost submarine to kind of preserve his life. And God provided a, 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 a sword, Goliath's sword, when David thought he was, it was all over for David. He had needed a reminder. God provided a slave at Ziklag when David find it, had to find out a way to, to follow the Amalekites. God provided a slave who was left behind who directed him to go to where his family was. He provided a donkey and a colt on that day Jesus came into Jerusalem. He provided that star for the wise men. You think he's going to stop providing for you? Get that out of your mind. Get that out of your thinking that God's not going to come through. Get, you, get your thinking that, that God's not going to be there for you when you need it. According to his plan and, and, and purposes, plays God. He had a plan to get Paul out. He's got a plan for you. Trust him. Say, God, I let go of me, Lord God. I trust you. I don't know how you're going to work it out, God. I don't know how you're going to do it. But you want me to get in the fish basket? I'm getting in the fish basket. And maybe some things God is asking you, it just sounds as crazy, just as that. Maybe God is asking you to do something that seemingly is so small, but obey him. Obey him. As you obey him, he leads you to where he wants you to be, step by step. As you obey him in those little things. So here's Paul. He, he gets in that basket, praise God, trusting that something's going to happen. And, and here they are, the people walking by. The gates of Damascus are guarded and watched right now. There's an APB out for Paul, all points bulletin. Anybody sees Paul, let us know. We want to get him. We want to arrest him. And it seems like there was, there was no way out. I mean, he was in this room with these other disciples, and he couldn't walk through the gates because they were guarded, and all the guards were there. Everybody was aware about Paul. And See, but God, he's so good. When he's got a plan, he'll work out all things to make a way where there is no way. Oh, you may see the whole thing ending, but God says, no, I'm not, I'm not done yet. See, you got God boxed in already, and you're thinking, well, there's no way out of this. It doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. As a matter of fact, things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. I, I, I'm praying, and, and, and nothing's going on, and, and every time I, I, I talk to my spouse, it, 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 it's getting worse, and, and, and no way. And God says, trust me. Trust me. God tends to make a way where we see there is no way. But you know what's so amazing? This happened at night, and I love this. This happened at night when you let him out by the basket. That's when God does his best work. In the nighttime, in the darkness, when you don't see nothing. 
when you don't feel nothing, you don't understand nothing. You can't see because it's a dark time. It's a, it's a night time. It's a dark place, and you've been praying in this, and, and, and God does his best work. When he opened up that Red Sea, it was, it was at nighttime where that angel came and was a pillar, and, and a, a pillar of fire and a cloud to the Egyptians. It, it happened at night. See, what's so amazing is when Peter was released from prison, it was at night. When Paul and Silas were released from prison, it was at night. See, God does his best work in the nighttime when you don't see anything, when you don't even think that he's working. When right now there seems to be no evidence of God working right now. I can't understand something. I don't see what he's doing. I don't understand what he's doing. I've been praying, and God is working. And you know what's so beautiful about the daytime? The daytime reveals what God has been doing all night long. And there'll be that daytime. There'll be that daytime where you say, oh, now I see. Now I understand. <clears throat> see, but God wants you to understand in the nighttime to trust him by faith. God, it's dark right now, God, but I trust you, God. Just like the, Paul had to trust what's going on. I don't know how you're going to get me out, and it's nighttime right now, and everybody's after me, but God, you got a plan. God, you got a plan, God. And somehow, some way, the day will reveal what God does in the darkness. The light that he will bring to you will show you, I've been working all along. I've been, I've been hearing your prayer all along. I've been working on the family member all along. I've been working on your healing all along. I've been working on your finances all along. I've been working there all along. Trust me, because my word is true, praise God. Trust me. Word of God says in Psalm 42, verse 8, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. His song's with you in that dark place when no one else is around. His song is with you when you, you can't even call anybody else, when it's just you and God, you and the darkness, you and that situation you're going through. Sometimes it's just you and God, but you got to know he gives you his song in that night season. A song of praise, a song of worship, a song to assure you that he is there for you. He has not left you. He does his best work in the darkness, praise God. He's working right now in your darkness, in your, in your hard time right now. Psalm 92, verse 2 says, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Thank you, God. God, forgive me for doubting you when things get rough, God. God, forgive me for doubting you when I, when I don't see anything going on, Lord God. He's working in your nights. And I believe in all my heart that we'll see it in the daytime. Trust him. He'll bring it around. One way or another, he'll bring it around. Trust him. So here we have these people, these disciples. <clears throat> and I believe it's a divine appointment. It's an opportunity, the disciples and with the basket in the room, it's an opportunity to show who they were and what they valued. And God will always allow a situation to happen to show who you are and what you value. He'll always allow a situation with people and things to show who are you and what do you think is important. What do you value? What do you value? Here you go, these disciples, they watched out for Paul. They looked out for Paul because Paul was in trouble. See, do you know somebody who's in trouble? Maybe legal trouble, maybe spiritual trouble. Maybe you were in trouble, like all of us were, before Christ. See, Paul was in trouble, and he needed help. It's okay to need help. It's okay to say that you can't do it all. 
It's okay to come to Christ and say, Lord God, I can't do this. I need help, God. That's why we look to those hills from whence our help comes, praise God. Amen? He'll be there for you. But stop trying to do it all alone. Stop trying to, to be super Christian and change everybody, control everything. No, no, no. God, I need your help, Lord God. Just like Paul needed help to, to get out of town. So he got the disciples. They, they forsook themselves and they, they sacrificed for Paul. And they, they saw Paul, but it's not what they looked at. It's what they saw. They looked at, they just saw a guy. But I believe they saw the potential in Paul. I believe they saw what God could do with a surrendered life. And I believe that that moved them. It wasn't, it wasn't a time to, to pray about what to do. It was a time to do. And listen, there's always a time to pray about what to do, always. But there's always a time to do what you know to do and not to pray at that time. you got to do what God put in heart. When you know what's God, when you know it's time to do that, you've got to do that. Because knowing what you shouldn't do and do it is sin. But James 4, 17 says, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it's sin too. When you know what you should do and don't do it, it's sin as well. See, these people put their lives on the line, these disciples. They put it all on the line. It was a dangerous spot, but it took courage. It took courage for them to pick up this rope, tie it to the basket, push Paul out the window, about three stories high, push Paul out the window and, and hold that rope and let him down. See, it took courage for them. Because what if they got caught? What if the soldiers kind of peeked in the door or something or busted down the door and, and they saw them? They would have been killed as much as Paul. And sometimes what Christ requires of you is for us to be courageous, for us to have courage. And even though it's a hard situation, God, I believe I know that this is what I should do, Lord God. I believe that this is what's before me right now, and I know I should pick up the rope, Lord God. I don't have to pray about it, God. I know I need to do it right now, God, because someone's dependent on me, Lord Jesus. And it's so amazing that they picked up this rope and they had courage to pick up this rope and let Paul down by the, by the basket. It could have cost them everything. They could have been killed because they put it all in line. They, they got out of their comfort zone. Oh, my Lord. Word of God says in 1 Chronicles 19.13, be of good courage and let us be strong for our people. See, there's people that you know that need you to be strong. They need you to be courageous. And listen, there's no courage in me. There's no strength in me. There's no courage in you. There's no strength in you. It's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't work it up. We're not that tough. We're frail and we're weak and we're broken. But God, through you, and maybe there's a situation where God is telling you, be courageous right now. Let me feel you. I want you to pick up that rope. In other words, somehow I want you to, to be there for this person or to, or to pray for them or, or to touch them somehow or to let them know that you're there. I want you to hold that rope for them right now that when we let them out the basket that they don't fall. So just, just kind of hold on. It's going to take courage. It's going to take boldness to stand for Christ. It's going to take boldness to hold that rope. It's easy to let it go. Everyone else has let it go. But see, maybe God is saying to us right now, it's a time for you to have courage in me. Be strong. It's okay. I'm going to work it out. Don't falter. Because sometimes, you know what, there's a, there's a cost of following Christ. Listen to me. It's no bed of roses. 
Thank God for a great joy we have and peace and all the blessings we have in him. It's tough to be a Christian. It's tough to, to sacrifice your life for another. It's tough to, to try to find your life and lose it, but when you, when you let your life go, that's when you find it. It's hard to live for others. We were all kind of born selfish, weren't we? You know, those babies come out of the room and what do you want? Feed me, touch me, hold me, eat, let me eat, change my diaper. Blah, 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 blah. And that only grows when we get older. Not that we wear diapers, but, you know, we, we get a little bit older. So we don't have to learn selfishness. We don't have to learn our part. That kind of takes its own path when we get older. But when Christ comes into our life, Lord, it's not about me. It's not about my, what I have. It's about you, Lord God. So, Father, use me to bless somebody. If, if someone's in the basket, God, you, you're asking me to hold that rope, God, to be there for them, God, whether it be to pray for them, God, or, or to let them know that I'm here, God, then, then give me that boldness and courage, God, and let me get out of myself. See, part of the reason I think we're in some of the mess that we're in today is the church has been so focused on itself. And we forgot to hold the rope for so many out there. We forgot to hold that rope, and we've let it go, so focus on ourselves. See, they, they held on to the rope. They didn't let go or walk away. See, it's always easy to let go. And sometimes it's harder to hold fast. Sometimes it's harder to hold on. Hold fast that faithful word God gave you. Yeah, but Pastor Andrew, I don't see anything happening. Hold fast that word. Yeah, but I, I try. Hold fast what God said to you. Yeah, but Pastor, nothing seems. Hold on to that word. Yeah, but it's been two years. Hold on to that word. <clears throat> but it's been five years. Hold on to God's faithful word. God spoke it. And it will be there, praise God. His right time. See, they were committed. They were consistent. They were deliberate. They were there to see it through. And maybe, maybe they, they held on to the rope. And Paul was a big guy, and he gets heavy in that basket. And maybe their, their hands hurts. Maybe, maybe the, the arms and maybe the, the back hurts. Maybe they're like me. They had a rough time with their back this week. And maybe, maybe that back hurt. But they wouldn't let go. Sometimes our hands are going to get rope burns. And sometimes our, our backs may be, may be hurting. And sometimes it's going to cost us a whole lot. But who's at the end of your basket? Who's there? Husbands, maybe your wife is in that basket needing you not to let go. Wives, maybe your husband is in that basket needing you not to let go. Maybe your unsaved children are in that basket needing you not to let go because you're the only one holding on for them. You're the only one praying for them. You're the only one speaking God's word to them. And it's easy to let go and say, that's not working. It's easy to let go and say, I, I, I hurt. Yeah, we all hurt. That's part of what we go through. But we can't let go. Why? Too much is at stake. And maybe those loved ones in our basket are dependent on you and I not to let go, especially when we have rope burns, especially when our, our back hurts, especially when it's easier to let go and walk away and say, oh, well, it must have been, must have been God's will you know, for them to fall. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, fathers and mothers and wives and daughters and sons and brothers, maybe sometimes we let the rope go. 
in our family members. And I think we all do at some point. Maybe we let the rope go a little bit. Maybe we failed or, or, or got weak or got weary. Or something happened where we, we let go. Maybe something happened where you disappointed a family member. Where they thought you're going to do this and it didn't happen, and they're mad at you and upset at you, and all this stuff goes on. And and maybe sometimes when we had too much self-focus, maybe sometimes we let that rope go. And people remember that. See, if the rope is empty, who's going to pick it up again? <clears throat> See, husband, when we let go of the rope for our families and focus on ourselves, our own issues, guess what? Our our wives weren't made to. They, they, they pick up the rope, but they weren't made to, to do your job to pick up that rope. Dads and fathers, that's, that's your job to hold that rope. See, because sometimes when you don't do it, other people have got to do it. When it was your call. And God says, no matter what, pick up that rope again. It's not too late. Pick up that rope again. Start over again. You'll be surprised who's still in your basket. Pick up that rope again. It's going to be okay. Just trust me that I'm a God who restores. I'm a, I'm a God who just makes things brand new. And don't be moved by our feelings and circumstances. Be focused on, on holding on to that rope. God could still work miracles. But you know what's so amazing? They held on to this rope, and they held on to this rope together. The Word of God says it wasn't just one disciple. It was a few disciples, maybe three, four, five. We, we're not sure. But you know what's so beautiful about it? They held the rope together. <clears throat> it wasn't just one person holding that rope. And that's what the story, that's what, what church, our families are all about. That all our loved ones, whoever may be in that basket, that we hold that rope for them together. One helping another, praise God. That's one of the reasons why church is so important. Don't just come and go to church and I'll see you next week. No. You belong to something bigger than you, praise God. You belong to the family of God. And that means we're in this together. We're in this together. Get rid of that isolation thinking. Well, I'm just going to go get blessed and come back. Stop that. Come on. Cut that out. Excuse me for yelling. We're a part of something. We're part of a family. Stop thinking by yourself. Stop thinking one. Start thinking family. That's one of the best advice I give when I, when I do marriage counseling. I, I tell somebody who's going through trouble, especially a husband, stop thinking one. You got to think two. I'm holding up three fingers. You got to think two. Stop thinking in and out. How can I bless? Where can I serve? What can I do? I don't care how young you are, I don't care how old you are. But you got to hold the rope together. Because people we love is, is in that basket. Maybe unsaved loved ones, maybe people who are hurting and broken, maybe the stubborn, maybe those who doubt God, whatever the reason is. Maybe unsaved children, maybe a spouse, or a, whoever it may be. And we all go through it together. Start thinking, I've got to come to church, you know what? Lord, show me whose rope I could help hold, that I could pray for somebody. Serve somewhere, God. Serve somewhere. How could you not serve? And, and I'm just airing, but how could you not serve when God has given you so much? 
so much. We are blessed beyond measure. We are blessed. The poorest one in here today is blessed beyond measure. Blessed beyond measure. If you look at what you have and stop looking at what you don't have. Mom and dad, you got to hold the rope together. Stop fighting. Get rid of that strife. Whatever you've got to do, take the low road, dad. Take the low road, mom. And hold that rope together. Children, you got to hold that rope together for your parents. Hold that rope. They need you. They need you. Maybe God is speaking to somebody now that it's been so, it's been so one-sided with you. And God says, break your pride, break your stubbornness right now. <clears throat> and go hold the rope with someone that you love. Because there's too much at stake. Hold the rope together. Hold that rope together. Church, our family, so amazing. And if you're alone in your home, single parent, whatever, I got great news for you. You're not alone. You hold that rope with the Holy Spirit, praise God. Amen. He holds that rope with you. You're not alone. Get rid of that thinking that you're alone. No. Change your thinking. He is with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He'll hold that rope with you, praise God, because he loves you. And as I begin to close, they, they lowered Paul, and they lowered him little by little. They didn't drop him real fast. They were patient, methodical, long-suffering, little by little. And I want to encourage you, hold your rope and pray little by little. Every day, little by little, pray for those in the basket. Little by little. That's how it works. Be methodical. Be patient. Don't, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. Persevere. Have staying power, praise God. Because God's word is so true. In Isaiah chapter 55, <clears throat> in verse 10, the word of God says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, praise God. Oh, I love that. It shall not return void, but it will accomplish what he sent it out to do, praise God. It will prosper in the thing which I sent it. Little by little. If God wants to give a big miracle, that's good. Little by little. Morning after morning, evening after evening. Resist discouragement and keep praying little by little. Little by little. And they did not let go until Paul was safe. They did not let go until he made it down from that wall and he made his way <clears throat> from Damascus to Jerusalem. I ask you, and I would beg you, pray through. Pray through. They held that rope all the way till he was safe. Don't give up. Don't give up on anybody, any situation. Pray through. Love through. Love through. I've always said that love will, <clears throat> will win out the day. See, the problem with a lot of us Christians is we, we quit too soon. We quit too soon. Have you given up? Have you been weary? Have you been discouraged? See, don't, don't give in. Don't give in to that. Pick up that rope and hold on. And little by little, deal with that situation. 
And there'll be that time, and I believe it, and I don't know how God works it out, <clears throat> but those in our basket will make it to their destination because God has a plan. Whatever his plan is, they'll make it to that destination. Your job, you hold that rope. You trust God to do what he's going to do. <clears throat> but you hold that rope. You be there for people. You pray for them. You sacrifice your life for them. Hold that rope for them until they make it down. Because guess what? <clears throat> At one time or another, we were all in that basket. We were all in that basket. That basket of redemption and salvation that Jesus held for us. You and I. Heather, you can come up, please. <clears throat> that basket <clears throat> that held you and I. That rope that Jesus held with his blood-stained hands saved you and I, praise God. How could we possibly let go of that rope? So today, let me ask you that our title, <clears throat> who's in your basket? Who's in your basket? Could be a spouse, could be children, could be a friend, a neighbor, could be a mom, a dad. Who's in your basket that God is asking you <clears throat> to hold that rope, to pray for them, <clears throat> to be there for them? To give of yourself for them. Not to get pushed away. And sometimes we so easily get pushed away, don't we? But not to get pushed away. But to love them through, praise God. To love them through. <clears throat> and we're going to pray that even right now. I'm going to ask you this. We're going to pray right now. <clears throat> we're going to drink in a second. We're going to pray right now that God give you strength to hold the rope that's in front of you right now. Who's in your rope? Uh, excuse me, who's in your basket? Who is there for you? And maybe you're like me, God, I need strength, God. Lord God, I need strength to hold on to this rope, God, and to pray through it, to see it through, Lord God. And maybe, maybe we need to pray today as well. Maybe someone let go of your rope when you were in that basket. Maybe somebody disappointed you. Maybe it's a time for forgiveness. Lord, they let me go. Lord, I forgive them, God. I forgive them, Lord Jesus. And maybe it's a new start to pick up that rope again. Lord God, forgive me for letting it go. Help me to pick it up one more time, God, and to be there, God, and to not walk away and let it go, Lord Jesus. So we're going to pray today. We're going to pray for that. Lord, I need strength. I need strength to, to hold this rope, Lord God. And Lord, we're going to pray, God, <clears throat> if someone let me go, God, I forgive him. I forgive him, God. And if I drop the rope... If something happened where I wasn't there, Lord God, <clears throat> then let me start again today. And let me pick up that rope today, praise God. And we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask Pastor Reggie and the other leaders to come up, and we're going to have a line right in the center right now. <clears throat> if you need prayer, if your prayer is, Lord God, I need strength to hold this rope, God. I, need, I can't do it, God. I need your strength, Lord God. Well, if you're here today and say, Lord, maybe someone dropped me, God, and I've been having a hard time with them. Lord, help me to forgive them. But maybe if you've dropped a rope, maybe it's time to say, Lord God, help me pick it up again. Help me start all over again in Jesus' name. And we're going to pray right now. So let's all stand. If that's you, praise God, get out of your seat right now and line up in the center aisle, and we'll have our leaders pray for you. If you need strength to hold that rope, if someone has let you go, you need to forgive them, praise God. And also, maybe a new beginning. you got to pick up that rope again. And you got to start brand new. Let today be that time where you start brand new again in Jesus' name. So as we sing these songs, come and let's be prayed for in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.